Hello, and welcome to Andrew Burns Presents, the show where I take you on an audio journey through my stories. I am your host and narrator, Andrew Burns. I also go by the pen name A. Lawrence Burns. In this series, I will be reading you my collected works of short stories and novels. So sit back and enjoy the journey. Welcome to the very first episode of Andrew Burns Presents. The first book I'm going to be reading you of my work is a story called The Farthest Man from Home. It's the first book that I ever wrote, the first book that I ever got published, and it holds a very special place in my heart because of this. I find it very fitting that I'm going to begin this new podcast with my very first work. This book is also available to buy at lulu.com. Now let's begin. La Suter's life has become a living hell. His job is slowly leeching away his soul, and all his girlfriend wants to do lately is fight. Then there's this cop whose only job and obsession in life seems to be to harass Law. As increasing nightmares ruin his nights and weird changes rack his body, Laws spirals into a bedlam while he searches frantically and fruitlessly for answers. Abruptly, these problems become trivial as a 10,000-year-old intergalactic war intervenes and Law finds himself reluctantly fighting a faceless and terrible foe which has nearly wiped all life from the Milky Way and Law finds himself as Earth's last remaining hope from suffering a cold and lifeless fate. To my wife, you make the days brighter, you make the nights warmer. Thanks for the push. The Farthest Man from Home by Andrew Burns Introduction They started it, he finished it. I was with him in the beginning, and I was with him in the end. When the war started, it was all we could do to slow down the slaughter that was taking place on Cyrax and countless other planets. The enemy were systematically exterminating everyone involved with the monarchy of conquered worlds. We were fighting a losing battle, and many of us were tired of the fighting and tired of watching our comrades in arms die to achieve nothing. And then he showed up. Nobody knew what to make of him. He was of a less advanced species from a backwater part of the galaxy. He was the bravest being in the galaxy. He was the bravest being that I had ever served with. In those violent times, we put all we had left into a slave, and he did not let us down. From Captain Longham's personal history of the war for life. Chapter 1 His bare feet slapped sharply against the cold metal floor as he ran down the brightly lit hallway. He had no idea what he was running from. All he knew was that it was something bad. In his fear-fueled flight, he didn't notice the wire stuck in his temple that he was dragging on the floor behind him. Nor did he hear the soft blip-plop of the blood that was dripping from his left ear. The only thought bouncing around in his mind was, Get away. Get away now. He could, however, hear the clumping of whatever it was he was running from, and that scared the shit out of him. The hallway he was in reminded him of a hospital, except for it was a lot brighter than any hospital he had ever been in before. He was in an incredibly long hallway. He must have already run a mile down it, and the end was nowhere in sight. He wasn't sure what he was going to do when he got to the end of the the hallway, but he would cross that bridge when he got there. 
The clomping behind him was closer now. He needed to do something to lose it. Up ahead and to the left was a door that he hoped would be an exit or at least some place he could hide. He gulped air and tried to slow his heart down a bit while still running. It didn't work. His heart was in overdrive and showed no signs of slowing down. If he had been a little older, he thought he might have, might have had a heart attack. He braced his arms in front of his face, took the left, and crashed through the door. The door burst open, rebounding off the wall and slammed back shut the second he made it through the doorway. The door shut on the wire he trailed behind him, trapping it. The wire caught and he was yanked backwards off his feet. Pain shot through his head as he cracked it on the floor. For a brief second, he laid on the ground and tried to figure out what had just happened. With a new sense of horror, he saw the wire stuck in the door and traced it back to where it was embedded in his temple. A string of expletives flowed out of his mouth and he jerked the wire. A new, white-hot pain exploded behind his eyes as he pulled the wire out. It must have been a lot farther in than he thought. He pulled a full six inches of blood-soaked wire out of his head. His stomach threatened to revolt on him when he saw the small, dime-sized chunk of meat attached to the end of the wire. The clomping stopped. He looked at the door and saw a shadow moving underneath it. He dropped the wire and scrambled to his feet. Looking around the room he was in, he deflated when he saw that he was in an enclosed room. It was completely empty, with nothing at all to hide behind. He had made a mistake coming into this room. It was at that moment of realization that the lights in the room went out. He stopped breathing for a second as the door to the room creaked open and a large shadow entered. His brain stopped working and he forgot where he was and turned to run away. He ran straight into the wall at the far side of the room. White stars flooded before his eyes and his nose started hurting. Sitting in the, sitting in the dark, holding his nose, he looked over his shoulder. The shadow was gone. He started to calm down but screamed as a scaly hand clamped down on his shoulder and pulled him back. Scratching at the floor and screaming at the top of his lungs, he was dragged out of the room and back down the hallway towards whatever it was he was running for. from. That was the first of the dreams. The sound of the pickup truck's door slamming echoed throughout the still night air. Lawsuiter reached into his pocket and fished out a pa his pack of cigarettes. Pulling out his last one from the beat-up package, he fired it up and looked up into the clear night sky. Millions upon billions of stars splashed across the sky like jewels on black velvet, and longing filled his heart. I would give up my whole life to be up there right now, he whispered to no one but himself. As early as he could remember, Law had spent a very good-sized portion of his life dreaming above of being among the stars. His parents didn't like it, and his teachers always told him it was a, he was wasting his time. The dream had even lasted into adulthood, adulthood, becoming stronger as he got older instead of weaker like childhood fantasy should. He would spend hours in bed before he slept, wondering what it would be like to see the wonders of the universe with his own eyes. He often imagined himself finding out the great mysteries of space and time and meeting other forms of life that were so different from those of Earth they were almost unfathomable. Slowly, he puffed on his cigarette and his gaze locked unblinkingly on the star that he had given his girlfriend as a sign of his love. He thought it would be romantic and make her happy, and the gesture had worked as good as he had hoped. 
His girlfriend swooned and thought that it was the sweetest thing anyone had ever done for her. As he stared, the light slowly blinked out. The last of the long dead star's light finally reaching its million light year journey to Earth. Couldn't have timed that better, could you? He asked the star and raised his middle finger to the now dark spot in the sky. Law's relationship with his girlfriend had not been going so well lately. It had started out so perfectly. They had met at a party six months ago and instantly hit it off. They had spent every night since then watching movies, bowling, and hitting the bar. They were in love and he had blown off most of his friends just to spend all the time he possibly could with her. But like the natural progression of the world, things had changed. Suddenly, he had be she had become distant, breaking dates, and missing calls. And when they were together, she never talked much. She never talked much to him, or hardly touched him anymore. The paranoid part of his body was getting suspicious. He thought that an ex-boyfriend had just come back into her life, but he couldn't prove anything. Lately, he spent most of his time at the bar to make that part of his brain shut up but drinking usually just made it louder. He was so lost in his thoughts that at first he didn't notice a dark figure watching him from across from the field across the street. It wasn't until the shadow scratched its chest and Law saw it out of the corner of his eye. The second Law turned his gaze to the focus on that fixture, the, on the figure, it broke off into a dead run. Instinct that he wasn't aware he had yelled, Get it! loudly in his head. He didn't recognize the voice. It was lower and gruffer than any he had ever had before. Law turned and ran as fast as he could to chase the shadow. Wow, this guy's fast, he thought to himself. His feet slapped heavily on the pavement, and he kept his footing quite well when he crossed into the soft mounds of dirt of the potato field. Law was considered one of the fastest runners in the small rural town in which he had lived, and the strange figure was easily outdistancing him. But he knew the field they were running through like the back of his hand, and he had known, and he knew that the six-foot-high barbed wire fence the farmer who had owned the field had put in the back would slow the figure down long enough so he could catch up. He thought wrong. Law saw the figure reach the fence and watched in complete confusion as it jumped over it with enough room left that it didn't even have to worry about catching its feet on the top of the fence. What the fuck? Law stopped dead in his tracks. The figure was gone, and he was confused. How the hell did it do that? He asked himself. Instantly, he reached for his cigarettes, only to find out that there were none left. Oh, just fucking great! He yelled into the night in frustration. He turned around and headed for his house. On the way back, he glanced at his watch. 2.30 in the morning. He had to be at work at 6 hours, and he was tired. Trudging through the dirt... He stuck out in the middle of the field like a sore thumb. Law Suter, 24 years old, was tall and skinny at 6 foot 3 inches and just barely over the 150 pound mark. He looked like a funhouse mirror version of a man. His jet black hair was messy and unbrushed, the result of wearing a baseball cap for most of the day. The thought of work in the morning depressed him severely. Working all day in a grocery store making a minimum wage and scraping by until his next check was not exactly what he had expected for his life. What he really wanted to do was be a cop. Chasing bad guys and solving murders sounded a lot better to him than stocking shelves. 
barely able to pay his rent and eat at the same time. Well, he could get on with a department. The grocery store would just have to do. The problem wasn't the passing the test he had to take to be a cop. Those were a breeze. He could outrun, outpush up, and outsit up anyone that he competed against. The problem was he just couldn't put on the size that required to cut an imposing figure. When he got to his house, a small two-bedroom trailer he rented with his best friend Bill, he instantly went to the fridge and grabbed a beer. In the living room, he found Bill sitting on the couch watching TV. Bill was not a small guy by any means. A hair above six foot and 235, he looked like he should be in a cage fighting in front of a cheering crowd, except for the pronounced beer belly he had developed. Hey there, buddy. What's going on? You look like you decided to run all the way home, Bill said, taking his attention away from the television. No, just needed to blow off some steam, Loss said, sitting down and opening the beer. So let's play some caps then. That always makes you feel better, Bill said with a large grin. Law agreed, and they set up the game. Bill moved the couch while Law placed two red party cups on either side of the living room. After the cups were set up, Law grabbed a 12-pack of beer, and Bill got the box that held their collection of bottle caps off the top of the fridge. Bill split up the bottle caps between the two cups and sat down next to his, next to his and filled it with beer. Law sat down and filled his cup with beer. Caps was their favorite game, and they played it almost every night. It was a great way to relax after a tough day. Law started the game by throwing one of his caps from his pile across the room. The point of the game was to score a point at, by sinking a bottle cap into the opponent's cup of beer. After a cap had been sunk, the opponent gets a chance to cancel the point by sinking a cap of his own. If not, he, ha he had to drink half the beer in his cup and refill it. The guys took turns throwing their bottle caps and after three throws, Law sank his first cap. Bill missed the cancel and drank his first half of beer. Things still pretty, things still going pretty shitty with Katie, huh? Bill asked, refilling his beer. Yep. I don't know what happened. Things were going so good. Law took a big drink of his between points beer and tossed another cap. Now she won't even talk to me. Well, that sucks. Well, the only advice I can give you is to give it another week, and if things don't get better, break it off. Bill sunk a cap and celebrated when Law missed the cancel by laughing at Law and twirling his arms over his head. They played for an hour and talked about all the numerous things going on in their lives. The final score being 15-13. to 13. Bill won the game with a cap that plopped in the center of Law, Law's cup, and a tsunami-like wave of beer sloshed out of the cup and soaked the carpet underneath. Law took one last swig of beer and nodded. Thanks, pal. You always know what to say, he said sarcastically. It is past my nap time, though. Night, jerk. Night. Law stumbled into his room, set his alarm, and fell into bed. His last thoughts before he drifted off to sleep were of the strange figure watching him in his front yard. What the hell was that thing? He whispered into the darkness. Thank you for listening. Visit my website at www.alawburns.com for more of my stories and my other podcasts and links to my books. You can reach me at alawburns at gmail.com or at alawburns on Twitter. My new novel, Broken by A. Lawrence Burns, is available as an ebook at amazon.com. All works on this podcast are copyrighted by Andrew Burns. See you next time.